Thank you to the December 2020 Patreon supporters of the What We Remember podcast. Sarah P., a.k.a. Situational Daddy on Instagram. Nathan E., Jacqueline M., Matthew J., Paul and Sandy J., Elio, and Big Time Jim. Help support our show by going to patreon.com slash what we remember and pledging a monthly amount to help us make our show. Thanks. Leave <laughs> in my hands, in my hands, girl. Having songs in my head keeps me really sane. Yeah. I, I mm. every day have like something in my head that I'm like kind of singing in the background. And you're like, I like leave my office and go to the copier and I, like I'll be there like humming it in my head. Mm-hmm. And I think that really helps me stay sane during the day. Been spending most of my life making in the copier's paradise. <laughs> Drink my water cooler glass going, going back on to my desk. Hey, why does this thing work again? <laughs> it's out of paper. <laughs> Someone forgot to put the paper in. <laughs> My name is Bradley Jones. My name is Andrew Moltenhauer. And forget about it. Not a movie review podcast. No, it's a podcast. We try to remember what happened in a movie that we haven't seen in a very, very long time. And this is what we remember about Airheads. Were there two or three bad guys in Home Alone? And who was that forgetful fish in Finding Nemo? Join us as... We're watching films, see what we remember and what memories we killed. Let's start the show, here we go. This is what we remember. Not the candy. No. Not the Laffy Taffy candy. Did it come out before this movie came out? Oh yeah, that was like an 80s or 70s. In that <laughs> when they had airheads for a while? Mm-hmm. It's just like, what, just uh, it's taffy. taffy? Yeah, just sugary. Sugary taffy. More sugary taffy. Turns your tongue blue. Yeah, I love I love Airheads. Which one? The movie or the candy? Can it be both? Yeah. It's both. All right. It could also be <laughs> what are described in this movie as the Airheads. Airhead Who means... are the Airheads? Yeah, go ahead. What does Airhead mean to you, Brad? Dummy. Idiot. Yeah, your head's... Oh, I thought you were calling me that. Oh, your head's Shut full... Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it means that your head's full of air. There's yeah, there's there. no brain in there. Nothing in there but it's hot not air. not even anything to rattle around. Mm-hmm. The hamster is off the wheel. You dumb. There's just air in that head. It was a term like like blonde people, I guess, were called airheads a lot or associated with being airheads. I took offense to that. Like hard. Ooh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Who's calling people airheads these days? I don't know. How throw, old? Throw it around What's somewhere? the average age of someone using the word airhead? Shut up, airhead. <laughs> it's got to be in their 70s. Who's in this film? So we have Brendan Shanahan. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> Brendan <laughs> Frazier. <laughs> yep. Or Frazier. Frazier. We have Adam Sandler. Uh huh. We have Steve Buscemi. Uh huh. We also have a couple other people. Oh yeah. Um, but mm. one of them is Michael McKeon. Yes. I can't. Believe, I just pulled that out within seconds <laughs> of saying it. <laughs> There's another guy with a goatee. He's got a goatee on. Joe Montana. It's Joe Montana. He's in um, Baby's Day Out. I was actually thinking of Search of Bobby Fischer. Oh yeah, I was gonna, he's, in, he's in that one. I was gonna bring up that we should talk about that movie. And, I yeah. love that movie. Yeah, we'll talk about that movie. We'll talk about that one very soon. One day. Very soon. Yep. 
Yep. But so Joe Montana, there's also uh-huh. a girl. Yeah. Is it? Oh wait. Oh wait. Wait. It is. There's a couple. There's two girls, but married with children. Nope. She looks like her though. She looks like her. She's short. Okay. Second guess. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Nope. Close Kirst- though. Kirsty Swan. She looks like her though. Oh. Oh. This actress wasn't. I don't think she made any other. Maybe I'm sure she was in other films, but like she wasn't a known. Actress. She looks more like. She's a super bodacious blonde girl who is Brendan Fraser's love interest. She's the girlfriend. There's also another blonde bimbo girl who works... Who works at the radio place. Yeah. Who's Anna Nicole Smith. Yeah, essentially. (laughs) But I don't know who it actually is. (laughs) So there's a couple more. There's a couple of... um... Michael Richards. Oh, okay. All right. Well, bringing them back from a previous (laughs) What We Remember episode when we did you... HF. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thought, you were skeptical for I, a second. I, I was like, did we do Dennis the Menace? And I forget that we did. <laughs> Wait, he's in that. Oh, maybe. Oh, I, no. Maybe that's Christopher Lloyd is the bad guy in that one. It's Walter Matthau. Michael Richards <laughs> is the bad guy in Problem Child. Okay. All right. All right. And then. Well, there's still more. There's a Ghostbuster. This, in this is movie. like Christmas that never ends. There's a Ghostbuster in this? Yeah. Ernie Hudson? Yeah. What? <laughs> Ernie Hudson's in this? Yeah. Do we get the whole cast? There's a few. I want to say that Chris Farley has a cameo. Is Ernie Hudson the police? Yeah, he's, he's a, like he's the, like poli- the, the main chief. chief. Okay, yeah. we, we we are already kind of knowing this plot. Sure, it's. I mean, it's Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I can see that. This movie's Die Hard. I can see that. Yeah, in many ways, it's like a hostage situation. Of course. Yeah, it's a reverse Die Hard. Yeah, or just Die you Hard. Know, where? Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no need to I make it complicated. Kind of, oh, maybe you're right. It's kind of reverse. Die reverse because like the bad guys are the, the main good guys. characters are sure. Hans Gruber's. Yeah, I verbized it. What's the name of their band? Um, it's like something horse or something like the Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger. <laughs> I was thinking horse because of the Lone Ranger, but it can't be the Lone Ranger. There's three of you. <laughs> you're not exactly lone. <laughs> That's like the one John, line I John I remember. Daniels, yeah, yeah. Okay, who are you guys? My name's Pip. The band. The band name. Sorry about that. He doesn't wear a helmet, does he? It's right there on the box. Read it. The Lone Rangers? That's original. How can you pluralize the Lone Ranger? What's wrong with that? Well, there's three of you. You're not exactly lone. Shouldn't you be the three Rangers? No idea what you're saying right now. So, um, do you know how this movie starts? I know, like, the basics. I know the stuff before they go into the record office. Okay. Um, so, but it's setting up all their, they, their characters. I'm assuming they just finish a cassette because yes. it is a cassette. It's not a CD, it's not a record. Mm-hmm. They made a cassette. One cassette to rule them all. I might be jumping ahead, but they want to. They, they're thinking that if they just take it to the radio station, yep. they'll play it. They'll mm-hmm. be on the air. They'll be instantly famous. Instant famous. Yep. All right. So I'm on a good roll so far. Yeah. <laughs> we got Adam Sandler <laughs> on the drums. We got Steve Buscemi, I think, on the bass. Maybe also singing. And then Frazier as the lead guitar. Definitely singer. lead guitar, yeah. lead singer. Yeah. He's trying to do, like, they're kind of like uh guns and roses you would say they're like look, they have look they, is, they have that is, kind of yeah. look they're their music well, is maybe more like grunge al- a little bit too their music is more like alternative i'd say like more like blink 182 like pop music okay 
I do remember like Adam Sandler wears boots and shorts and a and a like pocketed vest and like maybe a bandana. Yeah, or a hat. Something. Some I think he's yeah. wearing or a bandana. Beanie. A beanie, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't really a breakout yet. He had just been doing like SNL and he probably had that terrible overboard film, which I'll never watch because <laughs> it looks awful just from the cover. Yeah, I think he came out with that in like yeah. the late eighties. Just sitting on like an inner tube. Like, oh, I'm on a boat. Oh, oh. Overboard. <laughs> like, yeah. We went a little overboard in making this. <laughs> I don't want to watch this film. <laughs> yeah, well, um Do you think Adam Sandler was on SNL by this time? Yeah. 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 Okay. I think it was like right before or right around Billy Madison time. This came out right before Billy Madison. This came out in '93, and that was '94. He almost had his Jim Carrey year of like the Triple Threat, I yep. think. But yeah, and then Happy Madison was like '96. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, what do you know about how this opens? I know that Steve Buscemi is kind of like the go get him kind of guy like pushing the band forward wanting the best for it brendan frazier is sort of like reluctant and like wanting to uh, like go as hard as as steve buscemi does steve buscemi ends up like buying the guns i'm gonna say buscemi for the rest of my life <laughs> steve buscemi ends up buying the guns for them to like take into the radio station he's like yeah he's like the pusher he's yeah, like trying he's to the pusher man He's trying to. Well, that's like a drug reference, but he calls Brennan Frazier like. But he's trying he's, to make the more aggressive shots. Yes, yes, yes. He's very aggro. <laughs> yes. And Bre- um, but but is there like some kind of pressure for them to get this on the radio that pushes them to want to hold the whole place hostage? I think their lives are just sort of in shambles. Other than Adam Sandler, because Adam Sandler's just kind of like a doofus. He's and total he's, doofus. He's like gets picked on a lot by everybody because he's just he's just a dummy. He's the heiress head of them all. That's true. Yeah. And Brendan Fraser also has like that sweet babe girlfriend. He wakes up in the morning next to, but like she wants him to do better and like go out and maybe even like find a real job. Or I th- I was thinking that too. That yeah. like she's actually pushing him to to find a real job. She's probably been like a little bit of a, a roadie with them, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, because I think she's into like the band as well. But she's yeah. kind of like over it. Yeah, she's got and, she's got to move on with her life. She's like wants to get married, wants to have kids. So maybe she. I can't gives I, him an ultimatum. I can't keep coming over, like hanging out with you in your parents' basement while we play Sega Genesis, even though that sounds like the dream to me. <sighs> that sounds like a literal line from this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's also a line from Mallrats, I think, too. That's true. It's I was thinking about Mallrats really for a second. Similar setup, I think, with these characters. Right, right. So maybe there's some pressure that she's going to leave him. It's true. Like I'm making really good contacts. I am. When they hear this song, they're going to go ape shit. It's just it's going to take some time, Kayla. All right, what's the big deal? The big deal is that I'm doing the bullshit work and you're living the rock and roll life. I want to live the life too. I'm doing this for us. Come on, babe. You know that once I make it, you got a free ride. I'm going to treat you like gold. Chaz, it's been months. Maybe you should get a job. <clears throat> this, this is my job, okay? I am trying managers, uh, record executives, club owners. That's hard work. You get to sit in a nice office all day smoking and drinking coffee. She ends up taking the demo tape too. Like she Oh, has I know. It. I know some of the with the dog pee uh-huh. and the running it over with the car. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's all like Cuz it's it's a song near... that, that he wrote for her. Right. Right. Okay, that opened up a couple other pieces that I might 
bring yeah. up later. Let's get some pieces together. <clears throat> so they can't start off by wanting to take them hostage. They probably start off by trying to just go there yeah. and drop the tape off. Yeah. Brendan Fraser goes there and he gets turned down. Like Joe Mantegna says he's not like taking tapes and or like Michael McKeon or some one of the two. Because the radio station is also having some sort of like civil disagreement where where Michael McKeon is trying to sell the radio station to turn it into like smooth jazz or like early morning music. <laughs> right. And then okay. like, and then essentially like everybody's jobs would be gone, including uh Joe Mantegna and the secretary. There's also another guy who is it the guy from the mask who dies and from american psycho is he in this film i oh, think the, he really? is you think so i think he is okay all right well i mean i think he's one of the djs i don't know what he would do he's a okay he's a dj yeah. joe montaigne is a dj yeah he's like the main I always thought head. that michael mckeon was a dj michael mckeon's kind of like the owner of the, the he's business. the owner mm-hmm. of the radio station yeah you can own a whole radio station i guess so i think michael richards wants to buy it maybe like he's Mm-hmm. I forget what his main goal is. I know he gets like stuck up in the vents for like the rest of the film. Yes, he does. Because he's trying to do an escape thing. Yeah. That definitely doesn't work. I think he might be the person trying to purchase the station. And the he already co- works there. Michael he's Richards inside- does? Oh, Michael Richards? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm still thinking about Michael McKeon. Michael McKeon is like the yeah the producer, the owner. Or yeah, the, he's, he's there because he gets yeah. tied up. Mm-hmm. So they turn him away. Who? Who's the who in that sentence? Um, they turn him. Who? Who? Oh, oh, him. The uh, the 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 band. Brent, the band. Frazier. Yeah, they, yeah. They turn. They turn. They don't want the. They won't even listen to the cassette. They they won't even accept it. No. So, I'm I'm, I'm blanking on what happens, but I'm assuming it goes back to the band and they're trying to figure out a new plan. Yeah. But there's got to be more pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Steve Buscemi is like, we got to go there. We got to put the tape in their face. We got to make them listen to it. It's the only way to do it. Because he is very like anti corporate, but also still understands that he, he does needs, like a rah rah type speech. Yeah. You know, he needs them for the band to get a record deal and for them to take off. Yeah. I, I know there's, I think he might even work at like a toy store or a radio shack of some kind, like an electronic store, maybe. Yeah. I think because he has toys. Or maybe Adam Sandler has toys because they play with like a Stretch Armstrong, and that's where they get like the fake guns. Yeah, and the guns he gets, they were had to return from the toy store because they look too real. But he ends up like taking them. So they 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 steal some guns from a toy store. Yeah, he already works at the toy store. He just like grabs them. He's an employee. Are they already coming up with the plan? He is. Is this like his? He like surprises he like, it on. Like, he's like, Brendan oh, I Frazier. got guns. I think they're like going to the record store, and I think. Brendan Fraser doesn't realize that Steve Buscemi has this like alternate plan. Like he's gonna go wild card. Oh, I yeah. see. that would make the most sense mm-hmm. if he goes wild card. Yeah, then they're forced into that situation. Yeah, and I th- they immediately accept it yeah. as like a some kind of hostage situation. Yeah, I think we have the whole movie pretty much set up now. Yep. I don't think there's any like parents or anything involved. There may be like maybe Adam Sandler lives with his grandma or something like that, yeah. or his parents, or <clears throat> yeah. I, I know think... they have a band van. Ooh, does it have like a sexy lady on the side of it, or like it a, might? I'm sure it has a logo or the something. Lone Ranger. Yeah, Lone Rangers on the side of it. The Lone Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> I think Adam Sandler and Steve Buscemi are related. I think they're brothers. Okay, oh, I could buy that. Yeah. 
Now, okay, so they go. They're trying to break into the radio station at nighttime. This? No, it's during the day. During the daytime, mm-hmm. and Steve Buscemi tries to break it open by spitting like big gulp in the card reader and that ends up not working he's like trying to macgyver his way in there yeah they're like they're not getting in through the entrance they're going through the back way yeah they're trying to break it open right and they're trying to figure out how to get in one of the employees comes out for like a cigarette break and then they're on the roof and steve buscemi like drops uh a canvas bag and catches the door and it before open. it locks and it was like it was pretty cool he like hit it in the first try like, I'm bang. literally remembering all of this as you said it <laughs> <laughs> well the movie's on while we're talking it's <laughs> so easy when we do it that way I love it yeah and then people like we just fast forward we and fast I'm forward like, oh, we need to talk about something or <laughs> we should do it like quick. that one time and then we can just edit however we want you know <laughs> <laughs> what if that was like 110 episodes in we've all been alive oh man every single thing you've listened to has been an absolute lie yeah that's like that one uh that that would be like Paul Paul Logan, the YouTube- Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> no, Paul, the, oh, it's Paul the, Logan. Yeah, Paul Logan is the YouTuber <laughs> who like <laughs> thousands little pieces. No, he's just like uh, oh, the, yeah. makes a bunch of videos and then like lies about what he does and yeah, he's like oh yeah I edit all my videos. And I don't know. Anyway, calling him out. So getting back on track, they get into that radio station and they're kind of just like sussing the place out. There's not really security. There's just a couple employees, the blonde girl, the guy from the mask. We got to remember this guy's name for like, because he's he keeps showing up in these films. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure what his name is. Yeah, pretty sure he's in it. We'll, we'll get it one of these days. Yeah. Now that there's three instances. Right. Michael McKean is trying to hide the knowledge that he's selling the radio station off. Until like every like the deal is done and you can just like let everybody go. Yeah, I mean it comes out at like the very end before mm-hmm. the hostage situation right. settles. But they they're still at like they don't like each other. Just as like people, they don't get along. Michael McKean, Michael McKean, and Joe Montana. Because I think there's even a bit where Brendan Fraser like gets on air live and like Joe Montana tries to like play it off as like a goof and. um like so do you think like like maybe he puts on a song, walks away, goes get some coffee, and then that's when they like swoop in to put their cassette in? Um, they they don't ever do they don't ever put their cassette in because they, they don't, don't have the cassette. They don't have the original cassette. What they have is a CD or something. It ends up getting destroyed at the radio station. I think. So the original cassette that they bring, somehow it gets destroyed. Yeah. I think the tape player eats it. I think. So maybe maybe what I was saying is not wrong. Maybe they try to pop in and use it, but it, like, feeds all the tape out. Like, you know how, like, it just, like, pulls it all out? Mm-hmm. I don't know what that's called. <laughs> it's called something. It's called something, but I, I not my generation. Um, <laughs> Loosening the, the gears or uh, oh, no. pulling the reels. Pull the reel out. All the reel got pulled out. (laughs) (laughs) It's getting too real. (laughs) The real world. And then they have no choice but to just pull their guns out and take over the radio station. We're kind of guessing at this point, I think. Sure. We don't really know. (laughs) That's the big reason. Like, I think Steve Buscemi just, like, takes it into his own hands and is like, well, they're not going to do it. Then we got to take them hostage. Do you think that the the other two in the band knew that Steve Buscemi was yeah. going to pull the guns out yes. when they walked into the building? Yes. The, during the scene in the van, he reveals 
maybe just to Adam Sandler. But I think it reveals to everybody that he has these fake guns. Because they're filled with pepper spray. Oh, or like okay. Or pe- pepper juice or whatever. But Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, they're going to get famous one way or the other. That's what, yeah. Yeah, that's how I'm. That's that's their plan. That's literally their plan mm-hmm. is to get famous through forcing the song on the radio. But yeah. then it gets out of hand. And I think Michael Richards like sees it in like he opens the door and sees people with guns and like escapes up into the roof. Um, no, it's not Michael Richards. Yes, it is. No, 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 no. There's a guy. Harold Ramis shows up at the end. Harold Ramis? It looks, it's a guy who looks like Harold Ramis. He's got uh, circular glasses. He's in a lot of 80s movies as a bit person. Oh, no. I don't know this Michael guy. Michael Richards is in this film. Maybe you're thinking of an ex- another I'm thinking actor. of a guy who's got like kind of a balding top, but he does a ponytail type thing. And he's an 80s guy, and I, I'll i have to show you. Hector after. Elizondo? Is that it? I don't know. <laughs> who's that? <laughs> From Pretty Woman and... Uh... Oh, got keep like a, going. He's got like a hundred acting going. credits. Keep going. Oh, I don't. Um, I think that guy's in this movie. No. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about. It's probably Hector Elizondo. If you're talking about him, but yeah, Michael McKean has look the ponytail. Him up? Michael McKean has the ponytail. Okay, maybe it's my. No, no. I okay. Yes, Michael McKean does have a ponytail, but this <laughs> other guy I think is in it. No. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. We're off on Tangent Island here. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. I just wanted to know who Hector Elizondo is. <laughs> you would know Hector Elizondo when you see Hector Elizondo. With the confidence that you're expressing, I think we're talking about the same person already. Mm-mm. No. No, no. I mean, at the, yeah, the person yeah. I'm describing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, person, the person you named. <laughs> Okay. Well, anyway. Anyway, so people don't. Michael like, Richards yeah. trying to call the police mm-hmm. from the. Well, he, he, yeah, he he's up in the ducks and he's trying to go down to a certain office to call the police. Yeah, and he does. He mm-hmm. is successful, and he says that there there are people with guns because I think this is like where the shit hits the fan. Yeah, I think they send like a cop car to like look at what's going on, and um, they end up like confirming that the radio station is being held hostage. Yeah, everyone hates the Lone Rangers. They're the bad guys, but eventually they win. They, they win they, over yeah, a certain they, number of people by the end. Yeah, we get some Stockholm syndrome to set in, and everyone <laughs> starts to like each other again. So Michael McKeon gets tied up to a chair. Yes, they all get. They all get tied up. And like yeah, but somewhere. he, out of all he them, he's tied. he gets thrown into a closet because he's just being very uncooperative. But right. everyone else is kind of going along to get along. Right, because Michael McKeon's like trying to like slip out of the chair. He's trying to get get things to like cut mm-hmm. the ropes. Nothing. They just don't like he, him. Nothing's working. He's, he's an bad, asshole. He's a bad man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone knows he's a bad guy. And eventually, they Joe Montana says something to trigger. Like, well, don't you have another tape? And like, Brendan Fraser's like, oh yeah, I do. And I got, but I gotta get a hold of my lady. But at this point, it's too late because the cops are, like, everywhere. Oh, they're already there. Yeah. And they're trying to, like, get demands and, like, figure out, like, what they want. So this is where Ernie Hudson comes in. Mm-hmm. And Chris Farley is there. I'm going to go ahead and say he's for sure there because he's the one that goes out to try to find the girlfriend. Do you think Chris Farley is in this movie? Yes. That would make sense. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to be. He's got to be. Unless you're thinking of Wayne's World 1. 
He's all he's a security guard in that one. He's uh, a police he, officer in this. Of one. course, he's in this movie. Of course, he's in this movie. Okay, I think he is. Yeah. So that is one of the demands that they yeah. go get the tape. So there's another like C plot happening for Chris Farley to go find this girl who's at a club. Right. And get the there's tape. that. Mm-hmm. There's that Michael Richards is like trying to be. He's trying to save the situation himself. Yeah. He's, he's trying ta- to be the renegade. He's talking to some sort of douchebaggy um like FBI or like SWAT team agent guy who was like trying to mm-hmm. score the big um bust or whatever. I don't know what I'm trying to say. And Michael Richards thinks he can do he can he can save the situation on his own. Well they they send a gun in through a, a roof for him. They give him a gun? They give him a gun. That seems like the dumbest idea yeah. possible in a hostage situation. And he takes it down into the the roof um, right when negotiations are starting to go good. And he ends up trying to hold the airheads hostage. But they knock the... Or Steve Buscemi like, knocks the gun out of his hand. And like of course, and a, if a gun falls in a movie, it's going it's off. It's going to shoot. Shooting everybody. So it thinks like the cops try to get shot at. But they actually get a finally get a real gun to like hold people hostage, <laughs> right? Because when do they find out that that there were fake guns before that or after? After, because they're kind of pissed, pissed about the fake they're, they're, guns. Yeah, they were pissed that they were being held hostage with fake guns, which it, I guess makes sense. It may, Obviously, it may even happen like, right before this scene because they do end up getting a real gun, so it would like be a wash, I guess. I do know that the girl. And Adam Sandler and Adam up. Sandler are hooking up. Yep, you're oh, literally yeah. what I was gonna say. <laughs> yep, she, he's like showing her like drum moves and stuff, and he's like got his drum pad, and he's just like yeah, ding, 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 and and she's like, "Ooh, your arms are so big." He plays the quiet cool, and he he's gets, like, gets yeah, the lady. Yeah, I like to work out. Yeah, I work out a couple times. Adam Sandler, <laughs> I like to work out. He probably does a couple screamy Adam Sandler bits in here. He's I'm very timid in this movie. Yeah, he does. His, it's probably his shyest role. I don't think he has a breakout like part at all. I don't know. I bet he has well, a maybe that's, somewhere. Is that his character arc? You would think. Yeah, he like he kind of comes out of his shell a little for bit. Himself. Yeah, I think Steve Buscemi like pick on him too much, and he mm-hmm. he eventually like you know wants to come out as like a big part of the band or something. The girl ends up getting there, but the tape is destroyed. So it's like a meek of like the the moment is like say girlfriend. Hey. Brennan Fraser's girlfriend is here. And, well, like, she like literally drives over the tape. Yeah, she well, she throws, throws it out the, out window, the window and it gets destroyed. And then, oh, no, 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 this means. is what happens. She's driving. She throws the tape out of the window. And then as she's driving, she actually hears on the radio about the band taking the station hostage. After the fact, yeah. And maybe it is after the fact. And then she's trying to go to find the, the tape again. Mm-hmm. But someone's run it over and a dog pees on it. Yeah, it's destroyed. And it's gone forever. Yeah. But she doesn't realize that. She still brings the tape in, tries to have a big moment, but Brendan Fraser says it's ruined and it's no good. And she's bad because she ruined it? Yeah, I mean, it's like a metaphor, you know, of like her not taking things or like him treating him wrong, you know? Yeah. Or You didn't take this serious. Yeah. You had the one tape. But I think their ultimate thing is how they solve the situation is they're just going to play the song live. Mm-hmm. They get a they, but they need drums yes. and guitars. Yeah, and I think Harold Ramis. I'm pretty sure it's if it's not Harold Ramis, it's a guy who's doing 
an amazing Harold Ramis Hector impression. Hector Esposito <laughs> comes in with a record contract already signed. Like you, this is a big enough moment to sign the records. Like you didn't even hear the tape. It's like, how are you going to sign us? Like, they they have all of a sudden there has to have integrity where they're like they're not going to sign the contract. That's like the Strokes, like they were famous before their album came out, and they, <laughs> and, and they were getting band. like, yeah, they're getting like interviewed by a bunch of people, and they're like, oh, we hear your album's coming out in like three months, like that's awesome, and like, yeah, no one's heard what we sound like yet. <laughs> <laughs> But they said they're gonna, you know, play the the song live, and they're not gonna sign the record deal. He ends up tearing it up and wipes his butt with it. Even Brendan Fraser does. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. He does shove it up his, <laughs> up his down his pants. Yeah. <laughs> and I think someone even says, I don't know if it's like Joe Montana or Michael McKean, but he just wiped his butt with the record contract. Whoa, whoa! What am I hearing? What's wrong, man? No deal. No. What's this? What are you talking about? No deal! Yesterday, Dick Shine here kicks me out of Palantine Records, and today, he has a record contract for me to sign. He hasn't even heard my tape. No deal! But this is what you wanted. You want to know what I think of your contract? Allow me to demonstrate. Wipes his ass with his record contract. I love this guy. That's a bold move. <laughs> That's how you ask for more money before you're even good. Yeah. <laughs> so well, obviously they need the equipment. Yeah. They get the equipment. There's a bunch of weird demands that they ask for too. Naked photos of B. Arthur, like a bunch of B. Arthur? Uh, yeah. It's a joke in the movie. B. Arthur's from the Golden Girls. She oh, plays okay. the tall one. Oh. Uh Dorothy. Dor not Dorothy. The main she's kinda like the yeah. straight one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want okay. Um She's a babe. That's a weird sort demand, of. though. Yeah, that's that's the whole point. They're trying to make like wacky demands to buy time. Because this movie is now nighttime. Yeah. And yeah. not only that, there are a lot of people that are showing up at the place, like ready for a concert. Because yeah, I think later. all of this has been broadcast on the radio. Yeah, people are like really supporting the Lone Rangers. Yeah. So they're ready for a concert. And I'm sure they got like police spotlights and everything. Mm -hmm. Michael McKean is kind of like setting things up, trying to make real and deal. I think this is the moment where Joe Montana finds that he's going to sell the radio and they get all pissed off and like it's a big fight there. So now they're willing to like help the band. Joe Montana is like, yeah, we'll do whatever. He like wants to be 100% in on helping this band do what they want to do. He ends up becoming their manager at the end of the film. Oh, okay. That's yeah. a little little nugget that I didn't know. Are they even good? Yes. <laughs> the song's good. The song's good? <laughs> yeah. They only have one song. Well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> they they get arrested like right after that. Right. Do you want to talk about the end right now? Is there anything else you can remember from this film? Mm-hmm. The music I remember being kind of wacky. It's like has wacky music every once in a while. Like I guess I don't remember that. Yeah. Brendan Fraser's screaming a lot. Steve Buscemi's got like a cool facial mustache and long hair. He looks great. It's kind of an odd role he's for a, him. I, yeah, I like he, it he a likes lot. To, well, he was doing a couple comedy movies like throughout the, the, the 90s. I think he was trying to do like a like smaller parts and he was doing like indie roles and he, he even like made his own movie. Um, I forget what it's called. Something like Treehouse or something. He's always in the Adam, Tree, Sandler, Trees Lounge. And Adam Sandler movies as some kind of like wacky character. 
And when he shows up on Saturday Night Live, he's so funny. This must be the start of it then. Could be, the connection. I didn't even make that connection because mm. this is like early Sandy-ler. That's a, that's a, see, you, you, you put your friends in your movies, <laughs> you know, that's like, that's like fun, you know? And yeah. And especially if, if you Steve make Buscemi. friends with Adam Sandler, you'll be in movies for a long time. You'll have, you'll be great. If you're Rob Schneider, you'd never have to work again. Like literally. Yeah. Like Rob Schneider, everybody's like dogs him and everything, but he's done really well because he's great friends with Adam Sandler and, and like, he's been able to help him. He's one of the best parts in Hubie Halloween. That terrible movie that I was telling you about. I actually kind of like Rob Schneider. I, <laughs> I I feel I feel bad for him at times. Yeah, when, me too. When when people are like, I think it's fun a bad because he's he is funny. Yeah, he's just been in weird roles and he's been like, you know, he's not really like the leading, the leading actor type. Mm-hmm. But he managed to do that for at least three movies, maybe more. I'm sure. Yeah. I think Deuce Bigelow too is when he kind of like fell off for people. But. Sure, sure. They're they're kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you needed the money. Just runs out of steam a bit. No, there's no shame in that. No, <laughs> I like Benchwarmers. That was a great film. Yeah, the he's movie no one talks about. Yeah, yeah, he's doing well. I'm sure he's not sad. <laughs> Maybe he even shows up in this movie as like a. As a I police always okay or like. Paul Thomas Anderson made a movie with with Adam Sna- Sandler. Stanler and uh sorry i said it wrong Stanler. um that was a drama and it worked out really really well i've always thought like <laughs> what if you took like other comedic people sure rob Snyder was one of them where i was like put him in a drama role and see what happens yeah. see how that goes maybe it'd be terrible i don't know but maybe it might be interesting sometimes you get marlon waynes in action films and you made a mistake Sometimes sometimes it happens. Yeah, sometimes it happens. <laughs> sometimes it's not all bulletproof. Yeah, stealth and GI Joe. You know that's uh that's a mistake. But you know, so so the concert they do the concert. Uh huh. But there's a problem. Uh oh, I don't know the problem. There's a backing track, and they're being told to lip sync the song. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how they end up getting like the tape fixed or whatever. Or like how they have the song to, to play in the background. they just play but, their own song? That's a question that, that I we'll need have to, to figure see out. the movie to, yeah, to understand how they have the backing track at Did all. Did they not have the right sound equipment, or the sound equipment go bad? Or in my head, they need to play it live because there's no other option. So I don't, they don't know. They don't how, know how to tune their guitars. So I don't know how they have. They're expecting them to lip sync a song that they don't have. That I don't understand. This is like Top of the Pops. Yeah, I figured this out. Uh, but the movie transitions right from them having the sweet concert fade into them in prison playing yep. the same song for the prisoners. <laughs> oh, nice. That's a good transition. Yeah. And it's like a, it shows like they just got to do their time and they get like there's a. They got like a couple of years or something. Yeah. There's a prologue about how they just did their time and got off for like good behavior in a couple months or whatever and i'm sure they show a scene where they're leaving together nope. from prison no fades out joe Montaigne is on the phone trying to strike deals the song rolls right into the credits and the movie's over okay i thought maybe the girl would be waiting for adam sandler or something like that i think there might be like in the background or something like that or they're like watching it on the radio or listening to it on the radio rather hmm okay well, I think we should go watch this. Sure, why not? See what we got right, see what we got wrong in part two. Why don't you just give it up, Chester, and you and Sweetie Pie can talk it over later. Just stay out of this and get your hands off her! Why did he call you that? Uh, 
Well, there's a lot Chester didn't tell you about, right, Chester? What's he talking about, Chester? It's, uh, he's, uh, gosh, you, Kayla, there's something I gotta tell you. What? Um, I was a geek in high school. I had really short hair. I played Dungeons and Dragons. I had a bug collection. I ate my boogers. My name's not Chaz. It's Chester. And I understand if you don't love me anymore. I play D&D, too! Yeah. All of a sudden, the school magazine! Yeah. I used to wear corduroy pants! I used to masturbate. Constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Who is it, Chad? I want your body! Welcome back to the Johnny Can't Read, Johnny Can't Write podcast. We watched Airheads. And I don't feel any smarter having watched <laughs> this film. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a comedy for... Who? Uh, hold on, I'll get this one. Where was um, the joke? People... I mean, I liked it as a kid. I think you gotta be a kid. I think you gotta I be a little kid. I it as kid. a kid as well. You gotta be a, I think you gotta be a little guy. You gotta be... You have to, a teen. You have to be a teen, yeah, a preteen, who only watches TRL. There were a lot of like PG, not even thirteen PG lines. Sure, lots. And even when like people are bing bonging, they're like fully clothed bing bonging. So you know, I guess that you can't show that in a PG movie, can you? No, but but you like, should. It's but if you're gonna do it, you know, do it. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah, it's better to beg for forgiveness afterward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even when a, this... like, a lady takes off her skirt, she's still wearing like a full set of pants. Sure, you know? and she looks like Betty Boop. She mm-hmm. sounds like her. Sure. <laughs> Brendan Fraser's girlfriend is who we're talking about. Um, the radio girl. No. No, I was talking about her. You were talking about the radio girl. Yeah, she's Betty Boop. Yeah, she's a, she's she's booping. She's booping. Mm-hmm. Betty. A Betty was a term that uh, used to call hot chicks in the nineties. Uh, She's a real Betty. That's a clueless. Is that that's a really? Yeah. Wow. What are some some of your other favorite references in uh in this movie that they tried to like make happen? Bumpers, like Brendan Fraser just kept calling like girls like bumpers. Yeah, I, c- I couldn't. What does that mean? Is like that guy's that a, always pulling bumpers? Because um, like Pip's always pulling bumpers. Maybe girls that get hit. By car bumpers. They, they I don't like know big, what that means. Like big bumps, like butts. They big, just can't say butts. They say big bumps. Bump. Is that a Canadian he's thing? He's always with bumpers? Yeah, he's always he's always getting with bumpers. How does he do that? Pip? He gets his hands on more bumper than a body shop. <laughs> with that I seem so stupid, I must be cute routine? That's the quiet cool. Chicks, man, they just lock on it. And they call B- girl bumper bumpers. off the list. <laughs> bumper off that list. <laughs> He, I'll take her. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I think it just try. It's like too much, like snooch to the nooch. You know, it's like you're trying to make too many things happen. Airheads. None of these things caught on. I don't remember a single one of them. No. Maybe they were popular for a moment. You like the half butt puppet line? No, I hated that line. It was terrible. (laughs) That was one of the PG lines. I was like, was that? I felt that was Brendan Fraser improvising, and it came out very bad, and they kept it. Steve Buscemi says a lot of mean things very fast. Most of them are, you know, not great, but like sort of PG. Mm -hmm. 
but there's some swears. There's some curses that slip in there. So, <laughs> is it trying to bring in like a wide range of people or what? Because like literally the Beavis and Butthead audience, because Beavis the and dumb, Butthead have a cameo in this movie. They do, which I totally <laughs> forgot about. It's weird. But then I totally they're remembered. not real people. Why are you take you taking all the? But they're out like the big film. in music. Their whole show is about music because mm-hmm. they watch those uh, videos. Music videos. Sure. Do you not realize that those are cartoons? That the no, 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 no. They, they go couch fishing. So Beavis and Butthead aren't and they, real, though. You, they're not real people. No, no, they're uh, they're friends, I think. I think Mike Judge might do the voice of both of them. Yeah, I think he does. <laughs> <laughs> I believe so. I used to stay up late waiting for that show. It was good. And I don't know when it came on. And Thursdays, I was young. 11 p.m. I can't do that. That's, I know. Yeah. It came out on the, no, I wouldn't have been allowed to do that. You weren't. You snuck but up. You stayed up late But they replayed it on like Saturdays, I think. Yeah. But it was did. like super you'd late. Get, get it would be replay. like maybe midnight. Uh-huh. I don't know. And I'd be like in like fifth grade, <laughs> trying to stay up and watch it. You get that MTV. I'm like, like they, oh, coffee. Sure. I need some coffee right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm going to stay. I'm such an adult yeah. right now. I'm going to stay up late. My mom's asleep. I'm going to watch Beavis and Butthead. And, and then you turn the TV on. I'm, Aeon Flux Marathon. Got ya. Dang it. Sucker. The tick. No. <laughs> the Max was on MTV. Um, and the head and the Max. I always remember Syphil and Ollie came out right before, or came on show. right before... Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, MTV was a big program. It was like Adult Swim, pre-Adult Swim. So that's is this 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 is not an MTV movie nope. because we obviously know Joe's apartment was the first one. Yeah, but this it was a wannabe MTV been. film. It should have been. Yeah, it could have been. Got a lot of great casting in here. Yeah, we named them all. Not Judd Nelson, <laughs> except that one. <laughs> except him. I didn't want to believe the Michael Richards thing. I was like, it's, I'm sorry. See, I told you he's not showing up. There's no Michael Richards anywhere. I don't, nope. Nope. Didn't even see his name cross on the uh, title screen. He gets a whiff. And then he sh- he shows up like. He's right in the beginning. 15 minutes in. Within the first 10 minutes, they're breaking into the radio station. They didn't even have no a plan. No time to waste here. We were debating we're on like, what's their motive? Why do they do it? It's just Brendan Fraser says, well, you got to take action. They you go, can't just wait for things to happen. They go to see another band at a concert hall, and that band got popular because one of their hit singles get, got on the radio station, so then they put it together. They got to get their song on the radio station. Yeah. The whole gun thing wasn't like really talked about or discussed. They just have a cut scene where they're like messing with the guns, and he's filling it up with like pepper spray like liquid that he made. He also says capsaicin wrong. He says it in a really fun way. How do you say it? I can say it as capsaicin, but pre-receiver ceremony had like capsaicin. Like he said something like really, like, that's not how that's like, it's back in it the day. It was over. It's back in the day when you didn't really know like the pronunciation of those kind capsation. of words. Yeah. It's got a lot of capsaicin. He, he says it really funny. You're like it's it's an actor you see it on the page and you're like, okay, I'm not even going to look up what how to pronounce this correctly. I'm just going to go for it. Pepper sauce. Active ingredient capsicum. You blast this in somebody's face and they're all like, oh, oh. It was a foreign director, so he he didn't even know to correct him. Was it? No, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was nineteen ninety four, and the I was like, why wouldn't someone the correct him? Didn't but exist. maybe maybe he's meant to be dumb because they're kind of dumb characters, all of them. It's not a run. They're all theme, dumb. Though. They all are dumb. They're all dumb. They're all dummy dumb dumbs. They're called like three stooges at times. Yeah, they don't understand why the the Lone Ranger. So he probably isn't a that good probably name. wasn't even an accident. Yeah, that might have been a, uh, on purpose. I kind of like them. 
as dummy dumb dumb. Yeah, yeah. Makes them more uh, endearing. I mean, I related to Adam Sandler's character at times. <laughs> I was like, he's awkward and stupid and says things, and he's like, oops, I shouldn't have talked about that. And you used to clean pools. That was your first uh, job in yeah, the summertime. Yeah, nobody knew it, though. No. I never got paid for it. Yeah. I just decided. You, did a, you, went, you broke into people's backyards and... It was, in there and it, was an and clean, it was an internship. It was an I. It was an internship without Brad, them knowing. Brad, nope, internship. And then people would be like, "Hey, there's a there's this man in my backyard. A lot of police. We got to get yeah, a lot of police. A lot of pool police getting police. at you. Yep, nope, not good. Not good for an internship. Nope. Well, high school. Because they seem like they didn't graduate <laughs> high school in this movie. You think? I, no, I'm talking middle school. I was doing a segue. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> you want to, you want the record corrected before we move on, don't you? <laughs> Excuse me. I think I have 30 seconds to respond. Well, Time, actually, I'd please. Like to, I'd like to talk about that last question you asked me. I'll talk about that <laughs> Third, Excuse me. Um, actually, like two questions ago, I think I like to like Listen, I need to re- about that before I respond to that one. I need to respond to what you just said. This is gonna be relevant to people. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Michael Richards is uh, separate from the film. He has one scene with Michael McKean, and he's up in the rafters the whole time. And then he's just uh, he's, he is die there's, hard little side, there's little cartoony side plots happening. He's like the comedic relief. He's the only funny part, I would say. He falls down and goes boom a lot. But there's a lot of scenes where I'm like, why is this happening? He's in the air ducts, and like he just happens to get to like an intersection, and then all of a sudden, all this wind blows him into another yeah. area. I'm like, this is silly. They're going first. Like, they're, they're, they are going lowbrow many, many times. And he was like, r- always wrong place, wrong time. Like, there's moments where the, the two characters, Adam Sandler and Steve Buscemi, are talking like as if the guns aren't working, but then they later are like talking about how the being threatening with the guns and Michael Richard just happens to show up and listen to that part of the com- conversation, which, missing the other part of the conversation, which is a fun scene <laughs> where Steve Buscemi is trying to get Adam Sandler to be more aggressive with, with holding the gun. Yeah. And this, uh, this is in the trailer. Well, I know it. Teaching him how to be assertive. Moment. Yep. Yep. And I know you're going to put it right here. Maybe, but don't, not, I can put it wherever I want. I have the power. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and here. You know, you got to scare these people. Mm-hmm. Practice, practice. Just try, try. I just feel a little goofy, you know, trying Why? to be a badass with a water pistol. They don't know it's a water pistol. They think it's real, right? Come on. Now show me what you got. Come on. Okay. Get over there, please. Thank you. What are you, a crack baby? Give me that. I got it. I, give me, give right, me. All right. I'll show you. All right. All right. Hey, you! You shut your mouth, you chicken-sucking bastard! I'll stab your eyeballs out and piss all over your brain! It's gonna be a slaughterhouse in here! Dead bodies flying through the air! The characters don't really arc. Do they arc? Steve Buscemi doesn't arc. Brendan Fraser doesn't arc. I mean, I think they realize that they're gonna go to jail? Joe Montana arcs. I'd say. He does. Yeah. Because he's like a washed-up... Doesn't care about his job, DJ. He's the shark. That's his his name. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he like he like wants to work with Brendan Fraser and like against him, and then once he finds out that the radio station is getting taken over, he's like a, has a change of heart. Ends up like you know kind of turning a new leaf. Should be his movie. Yeah, I mean he's. He's one of the better parts of the movie. He's got that one squinty eye. He does. What is that? Is that a, a, is that that's him? Is that like is that a rip torn thing? I don't know. He's, I don't know if that's a character choice or an actor thing. He's he's the shark. He got his he eye got one squinty eye squinted by a shark. <laughs> I I thought Michael McKeon would be funnier. 
but he's just like kind of annoying. Yeah, he plays his part well as a as a douche. Yeah, as a douchebag. Yeah, yeah. I'm very annoyed though overall by the fact that they did not plan for what they were going to do. Mm-hmm. And the Things fact that they fast. didn't even show us the planning of what they were going to do. There's yeah. literally the gun scene where they show they have guns. They put pepper spray in it. And then they're cut to getting into the building. And I was like, what do we miss here? As an audience member, you want to be let in on what's going on. Give you me a little bit more you don't right like there. This going off the cuff kind of thing. Because I hated the fact that they didn't have, they weren't prepared with the right material. They didn't have like multiple options, like a cassette, didn't have a cassette, didn't have a CD. What they CD. had was what they called like a quarter inch reel to reel play like audio thing. Yeah. And to get around that, Brendan Fraser says that he likes the way his voice sounds on that one over the cassette because the cassette sounds like someone stepping on his nutsack. He does say that line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then it's the whole rest of the movie becomes just a, the annoyance yeah. of we don't have the right cassette yeah. and we need it. And there's like a setup. <laughs> there's always like a setup to break a thing. Like Steve Buscemi lights a cigarette. They can't smoke in the DJ room. So, But for whatever reason, Joe Montana does have a cigarette bowl. Don't give me how those two connect. You can't have cigarettes in there. Right. And then the reel-to-reel like sp- spills out onto that bowl and then it gets lit on fire. And why was their equipment so bad? Why the, did the mess radio that... show? Yeah, why did it mess that tape up? I don't... Uh... Just another annoying plot element. Well, they offhandedly say that Adam Sandler's character like fed it wrong. But then he says, mm-hmm. no, the equipment's wrong. Mm-hmm. So it's like, who's telling the truth? You know? All right. Yep. Yep. I got to be honest, this movie is relatively boring. It's overall. fast, though. It, it is, yeah. It, it really it cranks out. It moves. It's, yeah. I mean, it's got like a succinct plot. It's. I like Ernie part, Hudson a lot. He's great. I love Ernie Hudson in this film. He's great. And got he's, the Harold he's nice, like right from the beginning. Ghostbusters are back <laughs> at it. That guy does not like acting, from what I... Harold Ramos? Yeah, from no. what I gather. He's a director. Yeah. Directs films. This has got to be, what, his last movie? Uh, that he acted in? Yeah. No, he does in As Good As It Gets, which I think was 97. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. He was in that? And then he probably had some offhanded cameos throughout the 2000s, like fa- yeah. favors. His last okay. movie he directed was Year One. Oh, wow. That was 10 years ago. Yeah. Oh, right. I forgot that he passed away. Really? I did. Oh, no. I did. I I, I was kind of sitting there thinking, like, what He's the first ghost to become a ghost. To? Okay. That's... That's sad. Aren't they making a Ghostbusters? Yeah, Afterlife comes out sometime next year. Afterlife? All right, all right. It's gonna have Harold Ramis. Is that it's Harold Ramis's family? It's like his daughter that's estranged, and they live in a small town. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Sure. (laughs) Sometime. At some point, we'll be able to see things. (laughs) Right. Right. This movie is perfect for Comedy Central, TBS, TNT. Which is where I've seen it. Replay it nonstop over and over again. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's long enough. It's uh, easy to jump into certain scenes, but yeah. it's, not, it's not super exciting overall as a movie. It's not super funny as a movie either. You have funny people in it. People are yelling at each other. I guess that's comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Is that? <laughs> I like it when they scream. they scream. They scream at each other all the time. Yeah. Yeah. 
I like the internal conflict and politics within the radio station, to be honest. With the changeover from being a rock station to a smooth jazz station. That's an interesting story to me. Yeah, I mean, they're only like a a couple years away from being able to be on like, uh, I don't know, Spotify or whatever, Apple Music and all that. 1994. But uh, if this radio station goes down and becomes smooth jazz, that completely destroys their opportunity and you have to imagine how much more popular radio was too at the time that we came out mm-hmm. oh my yeah exactly everybody listened to this is still radio. big yeah giant giant oh juggernaut i remember listening to the radio every morning going to school you mm-hmm. know on the bus yeah on the bus you wake coming up back yeah make your own cassette tapes give it to your sweetheart i i Never made cassette tapes. Really? That was fun. No, I never did that. Yeah, I did that. (laughs) You you ever call into radio shows, radio stations, and ask for... No, I've never, never had the courage to do that, or even the desire. Can you do that right (laughs) now? Could you do it right now? Is there a radio station to call into? Yeah. There is. Yeah, I'm sure there is. Right now? Yeah. We also forgot about David Arquette. I guess there's like talk radio stations, yeah. No, you could call whatever... uh, Did I win the tickets? Rock Radio Um, Detroit? This is a... this is a conservative talk radio. Did I win? My coworker uh, used to call into the radio show all the time and win stuff. She never wanted it, but like she listened to it all day and would just call. I yeah, I I had coworkers that did that too. Yeah, that's an interesting life. So David Arquette's <laughs> in the film. He is, and he looks young. He's a blonde. He is young. Surfer, surfer guy who He's... was one moment in the film is when he breaks out of the radio station and then wants to break back in. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, that was, it was. <laughs> kind of funny yeah he's got some like goofy faces that he does throughout the whole movie some some goofy moments he's he's wearing like some uh he's he's definitely like a skateboarder yeah he looks 18 he's probably older he's just kind of like one of the he wants to be one of the guys he's like a little brother wants to tag along he could have been in green day or he listens to a lot of green day sure that's what he looks like and then we can't forget we have to remember his name reg e kathy is in the film. Yes. This he is, is the guy it. from The Mask. He's in The Mask. He's an American psycho. Oh, man. Reggie Kelly? Reggie Kathy. Reggie Kathy. Okay. Reggie Kathy. Reggie Kathy. Oh, we say it three times as you show up. Oh, don't. <laughs> don't. <laughs> He's actually passed away two years ago. Oh, man. Yeah, I didn't know. So he got a long uh, film history. Oh my gosh, you it's wouldn't enormous. Believe. You wouldn't believe. He's working every He's year deep. on something. So what, like, what would be his big first thing? The first four things he's listed for on IMDb: the Fantastic Four remake in 2015, as he plays a character in there. Oh, the Mask, of course. Okay. His character name in the Mask is Freeze for uh, for all you fans out there. All right. Tank Girl and Tank SWAT. Girl. He's in SWAT. He's okay. In SWAT. <laughs> so he's got like a, a variety of uh, roles that he's done, and he's been working up up until his uh, his 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 death in 2018. He has uh, 89 film credits of sorts that could be also television. Sure. He, and he uh, was in a TV movie in '84. Is uh, Funny Farm was his first. Uh, Credit, oh, with uh, Chevy Chase. With Chevy Chase in that film. With Chevy Chase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chevy Chase. <laughs> oh, well, that's awesome. So now we know who that is. Yeah. And we don't have to keep guessing. And on top of that, 
this guy is probably like amongst the top actors that we've done on this podcast now. He's in Pootie Tang. Oh, Tippy Tow, baby girl. <laughs> He's in Seven. Ooh. He's in, uh, I just saw it, Air Force One. Out of time. Clear and Present Danger. He's in both of those. Oh, he's, he's in, he was in What About Bob? Oh, my he God. He's got to be the biggest actor. <laughs> when? Where? He plays a a, uh, a a director named Howie in What oh, About Bob? Oh, maybe the NBC director. Remember when NBC showed up oh, to do the interview? Oh, you're right. Wow, right, he's in right. four movies that we've done. Yeah. He's the biggest <laughs> actor that we've had on the podcast. Born on the 4th of July, which I have never seen. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought you were saying he was born on the 4th of July. But oh, no. No, you're talking about the uh, Tom Cruise mm-hmm. film mm-hmm. about the guy with the Vietnam. He's in, he's, a Vietnam he's in several Bill Murray films. St. Vincent, What About Bob, and Quick Change. I guess maybe him and Bill Murray were friends. We got to... I'm gonna t- next for, uh, we, when we gotta call Bill Murray when we get him on the show. We gotta say well, we gotta call. Tell me your Bill, favorite Reggie Kathy story. Bill, tell us these stories, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good to know. Yeah. Now we've looked that up. I'm glad. I am too. I am. I'm very. I am DB. Was very helpful. <sighs> what do you else you want to airhead? What else you want to airhead about? What else? Uh, Chris Farley pulls off that nipple ring. He does, that's which good, I, I, I remembered and loved. Then he screams at the camera a couple times. Reminded me of Terminator, that whole sequence. Uh-huh. That weird SWAT guy has a thing against pool boys. That weird SWAT guy was weird. Yeah. What was up with that guy? His wife like cheated on him, and he like was talking to Michael Richards, and he got all mad, and he's got like a weird... He never gets comeuppance either. No. No, he no. from the beginning I was like everything was off. His like very first line was like not syncopated right. And so like he said one line and then Michael Richards was supposed to say a line over the phone, but he's already like jumping over the line to do his reaction. And it, it the rest of it like it was it was funny at times at first, but it got a little bit draining. He was talking about which at first he was talking about like his old lady and how she doesn't like that he like has dirty dishes in the sink or something like that. Or that uh, he likes a beer after work or something. It's very like nonchalant. And the whole time, Michael Richards is like craw- army crawling through the radio station with with a gun in his hand. What made his wife go over the edge is when he left a pair of underwear on the floor and it had a skid mark in it. <laughs> it's the weirdest line. He's <laughs> got one little skid mark. <laughs> got one and, little skid and mark. And she My mom started got World War Nine. <laughs> Oh, it's such a silly, silly uh, character. I dropped my underwear on the floor one time. Had the teeny, weeny, weeny little skid mark in it. You'd have thought I started World War Nine. They do get the cassette back, but they can't play it because Chaz's girlfriend throws a chair into the DJ booth and breaks the control panel. Breaks the uh, But I thought the cassette control. was urinated on. So they are. A- <laughs> there's a line where Steve Buscemi says that he can fix it. Okay. And they, he does fix he it because that is what plays for them to lip sync during the end oh. with the concert. Okay. Okay. So, so that's the second time like the plan gets foiled. And why did she throw that again? She was mad at Chaz because, you know. Chester. Chester. She's wanting some recognition not to be stepped on. He yeah. He doesn't treat her very well, you know, and like doesn't think about her needs and things like that, which is true. Right. Uh, from the very beginning, he was kind of like, um, 
you know, you just have to work a little bit longer because I'm working so hard on this band and just think about how you won't have to do anything after this band works. It's like, but you need a job, bozo. Well, you're you're half a butt puppet. <laughs> <laughs> Were they wigs or are they real hair? Who's? Steve Buscemi and Brendan Fraser. Totally real. There were some where it looked fake and they had like a bandana covering it or something, maybe. Reshoots. Could have been reshoots or something, <laughs> yeah. But other than that, it seemed real. Adam Sandler's was real. I yeah, well, he had a shaved head. I mean, it was, he was, a bl- it was, it was underneath the cap, so I couldn't really get a great look at head, it just yeah. yet. But, you know, it looked um, it looked real. Um, I, I don't know. I think Brendan Fraser probably did have real hair. Doesn't he have long hair in... Um, Encino Man? Encino Man, which came out like right after this or right at the same time. But he or wanted right to do before. more serious films. I think that... Um, what was that movie that he did? Blast from the Past. No, with the uh, School Ties. School Ties. Right around this time, and he had short hair in that movie. Um, I mean, he could have made those two movies and then made that right afterward. What's your favorite Brendan Fraser film? The Mummy. Mm. Of course. Sure. Of course, of course. What about you? Renaissance Man. Don't say that. No, nobody knows what that is. What is that? What? Renaissance Man? What? No. Yeah, it's got Joe Pesci. No, it doesn't. In it, and he plays like a homeless man who steals Brendan Fraser's um, dissertation or whatever the last thing you do. Yeah. What you do in colleges, and he gives it to him like a page of time in order to like have a favor done for him. So like, you give me a bowl of soup, I give you a page. Right. You keep me warm at night, I give you a page. Right, 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 right. <laughs> right, right, right. I saw this trailer actually. I can't believe this. Yeah. It's a good film. You learn a lot about, you know, your it's life like and a, things. It's like a, a heartfelt movie. Mhm. Yeah. And then he 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 gets that dissertation in, right? Yeah, I'm sure. It, oh. I'm sure it all, all ends it ends well. Oh, thank God. Thank God. It's been a while since I've seen it. Couldn't actually. see that one coming. Yeah. <laughs> In the mummy, there's a mummy. It's it's on brand. It's on brand. It's on brand. And Fraser. It's on bra- That's good. <laughs> this is Brad from the future here. I said Renaissance Man like a bunch of times right there. The movie's actually called With Honors. It came out around the same time, but Renaissance Man stars Danny DeVito, and With Honors stars Joe Pesci and Brandon Fraser. <laughs> Couple more cameos would have been good, you know. We got a lot of them, but you know, get some Polly Shore in there. Get some. He could have whatever. Yeah, of course. They more were just MTV making personalities. Movies. Get get them in there. We got Kurt Loder showing up. Let's get some more MTV people in there. Kurt Loder is the MTV guy. Yeah, let's get Ricky Lake. Right. Let's get some Ricky Lake going. <laughs> you went into Ricky Lake. <laughs> let's get some uh, Shelly Jesse Raphael. Shelly Jesse Raphael <laughs> with those red glasses. Yeah. Let's get some cameos in here. Get some uh, Larry King live. Talking, oh, about, talking about the thing going the suspend on. Suspend your shoulders mm-hmm. business. Yeah. That's a great costume. <laughs> I, yeah. Overall, I would not recommend watching this movie again. Why not? It's boring. It is boring. Yeah, but you want to remember the things that you are familiar with. No? I wasn't even really thrilled with some of the things that I remembered. Like, there were some scenes where, like, I remember the scene where he uh, has the spray gun and, and sprays his burrito. For whatever reason, that like rang a bell. <laughs> that's, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a smart idea. Why wouldn't you do that? Uh huh. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs>
Ernie Hudson's good. He's fun. Michael Richards is great. I wish it was funnier, though. I wish it had more comedy to it. No. I wish it didn't like quite take itself so serious. We'll just play like weird bass lines and like funny like guitar noises, and that'll make people think it's funny. You just want to, yeah, just throw play some, some weird bass lines. Get some sound effects get some in sound there. Sound effects in there. <laughs> <laughs> Have Michael Richards like fall a few more times. Sure, sure. Have him be caught behind having someone have sex again. That's a fun scene. <laughs> just yeah, just ramp it up to ten. These go to eleven. But Michael McKean is arguably the funniest real actor in the film. Yes. He's playing the most serious role. <laughs> yes, which is, like, why would you choose I that? I don't know. I why don't not know. put him in the funny part? He's funny. Yeah, switch Joe Montana and, and Kevin McKean. I don't know. Maybe they, like, tested it and it didn't seem as good. I don't know. But. Maybe Michael McKean was trying to take on some more serious roles amongst comedy, or I don't he, know. He's he like a transition. Pigeon Home is a bad guy a lot, I think, you know? Coneheads, mm-hmm. what have you. Yeah, yeah. That was not a good role for him. Not like uh, the Christopher Guest movies. Oh, no, he's shined so bright in those films. And even um, surprising in Better Call Saul. Oh, yeah. Yeah, have you watched that? No. He's but in the uh, first it. season, yeah. I haven't watched any more of it, but I hear it's great. I do like him as an actor. <clears throat> yeah. yeah he's he funny. brings the goods. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about airheads? Are no, we done airheading I around? I, yep. Yep. Johnny can't read, Johnny can't write? Yeah, there's Degenerate, like, degenerate. There's like some, the, there's some like interesting the music, music. Like the White yep. Zombie song? Did you like, I love the White Zombie song. Like, I love that whole sequence. Like the Lemmy cameo? Did you like... Uh, Lemmy was great. Mm-hmm. Lemmy, I think, was in the opening song, too. I don't know if that was Motorhead or him solo, but in the credits, he that was him. He was in the movie at the very end. Yeah, I was trying to think of the intro to the part two. And I, I remember there was an iconic line. I couldn't remember. I'm remembering it now. Is that uh, who would win in a fight, Lemmy or God? And the answer is Lemmy is God. It's a trick question. Right. Right. Yeah. It was. I mean, it's <laughs> it's a trailer moment. It's a trailer moment. <laughs> Um. Yeah, but I I liked uh, I liked the white zombie sequence. Uh, you didn't actually get to see Rob Zombie per se. I mean, that might have been him in the background. I think it might but, have been. Um, yeah, I forget. Most likely, but uh, I was kind of thinking about that sequence and like he's a movie director now, and this is like a opportunity for him to see how a movie's made or behind the scenes. I'm sure he's made music videos and stuff, but. I'm 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 sure there's a good jumping off point for him to uh, think about his own movie career. I do like a movie about music. Yeah, I do like that. Yeah, yeah. Incorporating like, a lot of good music and soundtracks and stuff, and like the whole premise of um, we don't even really. This talk is a about, movie about music and not a musician. Yeah, I guess we didn't even really talk about what the hell's going on in the film. We've been like an hour into this. No, we got the whole plot right. <laughs> but Dude, you knew so much of this plot. They're struggling to make it big, and they're not trying to go against their integrity other than, like, Steve Buscemi, who's, like, trying to figure out... Like, he just wants everyone to be uh, successful, but Brandon Fraser wants to do it the right way. Pip doesn't really have a say in anything because he's a dumb idiot. And it's just how somebody is trying to, like, break into the music industry in the 90s. And there's a lot of dialogue between Brendan Fraser and Joe Mantegna, a clashing of, like, decades of yeah. them, like, talking about, like, what is or what isn't good music. And there is... Sure. A, this is when, like, a big divide was happening um, in the right. 90s and, between, like, teenagers and adults. And and so Michael McKean owns people. a place, but he's making a transition to smooth jazz, which I don't which think is nobody what anybody likes, wants. Yeah. He's a... Uh, 
at a generation that doesn't really understand yeah. like where the audience actually is right now. It's the three generations of music. There's parts where like Steve Buscemi like puts it in the face of like Michael McKean, like, why aren't you playing these good music? And it's like, well, if they were good, they'd be a number one. It's like, well, if you don't play on the radio, they're not going to get to number one. It's like, right, you know, right. It's the whole t- uh, tug of war between corporations who make music and the musicians themselves. Yeah. And the musicians make the music and then the corporations pick what they think is going to be good. You're not really seeing like, who may actually be good because you just seen like who's chosen to be. Mm-hmm. Man, you got a ton of hot CDs here and I never hear this stuff. Why don't you ever play these guys? That's Milo's call. Why don't we play him, Milo? Listen, if they're so hot, how come they're not tearing up the charts, babe? Because you never play them, babe. There's scenes where Steve Buscemi and Adam Sandler are raiding like the music archives, like finding the stuff that their generation likes and putting it on the radio. Because mm-hmm. they say like why they have this radio show hostage, why not play good music? Well, there's always college radio. They're always playing like a wide variety of music. Yeah. You know, that's uh, that's basically what they were looking for. It's not like mainstream. It was hard to find music in the 90s. You had to go to like Borders and like put on a pair of headphones and like go through like the track list at like the kiosk. Yeah, you listen to MTV or VH1 and they tell you what's good. Or you hear just a random song plays on the radio and like you try to look it up and try to figure out who it is and mm-hmm. sometimes I love that. <laughs> websites would be like pretty good about saying who was last played, but Sure. Usually like the top 5 um songs were like always the same like every week like it was really hard for people to break into those. I know going growing up in Detroit, I think we had a top 10 that played um pretty consistently. I forget at what time. But it was like the same kind of bands, and like every time like one broke in, it was kind of a big deal. And yeah, some some of the other themes I was thinking about too is like the fact that the band feels that they deserve to be famous is like a big thing. They're they're they they know they're really good, or they think they're really good, so they think that they deserve the right to be on the radio. They don't really have a backup plan exactly, or a plan B. Um, and then the fact that like nobody wants them is one thing but then as soon as they stage this whole thing and they're trying to push themselves onto the radio all of a sudden people come in like judd nelson and they're like "Ooh, time to take advantage of this they're a cash cow because they they're pulling a stunt so you get like a bunch of dishonest people coming in to try to help you live your dream but making money off of you along the way that's some hard Hard facts right there. I like it. I love breaking it down. Some hard facts right there, ladies and germs. Yeah, I'm just trying to think if there were any like pretenders or was like was it sort of based off any musicians that kind of did something similar? They like pulled a publicity stunt just to like get their band like or their music noticed kind of thing. Um, I'm sure. Like yeah, uh, sure Gigi Allen, you know. What was that story? Oh God, uh, horrible, horrible guy. He's a he's a. I don't know, like an anarchist, like punk guy. And he was in a, I don't know what his band was called. It might've just been his name, but yeah, he would like defecate on the stage. Oh yeah. And then he would throw it at the audience. Right, right, right. Ozzy Osbourne biting the head off a bat. Johnny Cash, like going to jail, like doing his time. Like it was always a thing for like musicians, yeah. like go to jail. And they do th- that yeah. at the end oh, of this I'm- film. Like Jim Morrison in the doors, and uh, there was that one time where they he he unzipped his pants and showed his junk, and they got arrested, and mm-hmm. that was a big thing because it was like 1967. Yeah, so that's M- musicians with mug- a little too early to be <laughs> pulling down your pants, Jim. It's 1967. 
Musicians, Give it a decade! Musicians with mugshots was definitely like a rite of passage, too, it felt. <laughs> yeah. Like you didn't make it big yeah, until like you were Jimmy arrested Hendrix, by the police. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Johnny Cash, right. Elvis, Frank Sinatra. Oh, all my God. They all have mugshots. <laughs> They're all arrested. <laughs> You're too good. Arrest that guy. This, this is the good content now. <laughs> <laughs> you have to watch the last you know, 20 you minutes. You got to edit. <laughs> but there's a lot of commentary on that, on the mu- world of music in of the 1994, you know? You know, uh, uh, Although I didn't find the movie like all that funny or um, insightful that much, I think it did have like that bit of message to it. That was like a foundation of an idea um, that they want to live their dream. You know, they, but like along the way, you have to maybe take some extreme measures, and uh, people will then glom on and take advantage of that. I use that word glom on. <laughs> I don't mind it. <laughs> What's more to say, Brad? No, nothing more to say. Other than the movie kind of flopped real hard, cost ten million dollars, landed five million. So, dude, that sucks. Stinks. Yeah. So, wonder why. (laughs) Said the fly. (laughs) Marketing? I don't. It might have been. Who knows? Thank you for joining us on that episode and every episode that you. Do. Next movie we're doing is our Christmas movie, which has the tagline, What if your dad was Santa Claus? We remember the Santa Claus. It was the night before Christmas, and children were dreaming of the presents Santa would bring. Somebody's on the roof. But this Christmas Eve, Hey, you! The unthinkable happened. You killed him! Did not. Now, this night. If something should happen to me, put on my suit. The reindeer will know what to do. It's up to them. Let's go. To save the day. Together, Scott Kelvin and his son Charlie take on the biggest job in the world. Looking good, Dad. And though it has its dangers. Nice teeth. He thought it was just for one night. You're the new Santa. I am not Santa Claus. Ah. You put on the suit, you're the big guy. What if I don't buy into this Santa Claus thing? Then there would be millions of disappointed children around the world. He doesn't want the job. It was a dream. But it's growing on him. I've gained 45 pounds in a week. Now he's getting into the spirit. You are alive. Keeps that belief in you. I want some ballet slippers. And getting ready for the biggest night of his life. How could I have done this without you, Charlie? You couldn't. Walt Disney presents a timeless tale that will warm your heart. I love you, Santa Claus. I love you, son. Lift your spirits and make you believe. You really are Santa Claus. Pretty cool, huh? Share the merriment and the magic. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Tim Allen. Santa? The Santa Claus.